Welcome back to Brojo Online, Dan Munro. Today to celebrate the upcoming launch of my new book, The Naked Truth, I'm going to be giving you three chapters from the book all about the concept of giving, and in particular giving freely rather than giving to get. And this will help you see how being honest is in fact an act of giving. This is Brojo Online. Masculinity, confidence, and integrity. Giving to get. No one has ever become poor by giving. That's a quote by Anne Frank. The battle with neediness. Another way to frame the pursuit of familiar comforts through dishonesty is to say that you try to get comfort. You're needy for it. You view familiarity and comfort as needs that you must fulfill by any means necessary, even if that means using dishonesty and indulging in other breaches of your integrity. Basically, you try to feel as good as possible and resort to lying and other forms of deception to achieve this goal. You take from other people when you do this. You steal their attention, time, trust, love and energy with your manipulative performance to gain comfort for yourself. You allow them to believe untruths and potentially ruin their lives with these illusions, just so you don't have to feel confused, angry, rejected, embarrassed and so on. The need to smoke a cigarette is not caused by stress, habitual patterns or peer pressure. It is caused by the previous cigarette. Any smoker will tell you they never needed a cigarette until after they had their first one. This is how neediness works. You aren't needy because you want to get something. It's trying to get something that makes you needy. When you use dishonesty to attain comfort and familiarity, for example approval from others, you create a need that was not previously there. Or more accurately, you turn something from a want into a need. You'll notice that receiving your reward never quite satisfies your hunger, so before long you feel the compulsion to get some more. No matter how often you pretend to be cheerful to make people happy, you feel the need to do it all over again the next day. No matter how much approval, love, attraction or attention you get from putting on your dishonest performance, it's never quite enough to keep you feeling complete. No matter how much you get, you just end up hungry for even more. And what's scary is that the highs get dimmer over time. Once upon a time, a girl smiling at me for being nice would have kept me feeling good for a whole week. A few years later, a girl sleeping with me only kept me happy for about an hour. Like all drug addicts, the more we get, the more immune we become to the high. Dishonesty is all about getting. You might tell yourself that you use dishonesty in order to give, like you're giving someone agreement or respect, but the truth is you're simply trying to get comfort and familiarity for yourself. You lie to reduce emotional conflict, to control how people treat you, to get property and possessions that make you more comfortable, and to keep things the same. The story you tell yourself about other people benefiting from your dishonesty, for example, I didn't want to hurt their feelings, is just yet another lie. One you tell yourself to relieve the guilt of being selfish, needy, and greedy. Trying to get something creates neediness, and dishonesty is a form of trying to get something. Therefore, dishonesty creates neediness. Neediness is a sense of lack, like you're not good enough, like you're missing something important. So can you see the connection? When you use dishonesty to get comfort and other rewards for yourself, you reduce your own confidence by building up neediness. 
Feelings like frustration, loneliness, and boredom are all symptoms of neediness, and the more you try to get, the more you'll feel this way, even if you do get it. In this chapter, we're going to discuss how you can reverse the self-sabotaging cycle by using honesty to give instead. Honesty is a gift. Honesty is the greatest gift you have to give, of this I have no doubt, because it's the only gift you alone can give. You being yourself has never been done before, so it's fresh, interesting, valuable, and possibly highly influential. Honestly sharing your unique experience, wisdom, and ideas with the world is one thing that only you can give. It's far more productive and helpful than you pretending to be something that you aren't, because people have been pretending for centuries and we've gained little from it. I hope to convince you that your honesty is a gift that not only serves others but also reduces your own neediness and thereby increases your connections and self-confidence. When you give honest feedback, you increase someone else's self-awareness. When you give an honest opinion, you let people see things from a new perspective and increase their wisdom. When you share your desires and preferences, you allow other people to connect with you, which reduces their loneliness while also allowing them to interact with you more safely and confidently. When you share any truth about yourself, you give yourself validation. Honesty is a gift. Dishonesty, on the other hand, accomplishes none of these things. Dishonest feedback steers people in the wrong direction for growth. Think of all the people on American Idol whose families told them that they were great singers when they clearly weren't, leading them to suffer brutal public humiliation. Dishonest opinions misdirect people's judgments, which leads them to make poor decisions. If someone thinks you agree with them when you secretly don't, they might go on to make crucial decisions for their life based on a mistaken belief in your support. When you hide your desires and preferences, people never get to see who you are or what they might have in common with you. This makes it impossible for someone to genuinely connect with you, leaving both of you feeling isolated and alone. You may already think of yourself as a generous person, despite also participating in frequent acts of dishonesty. Many people-pleasers, for example, consider themselves to be nice, kind, and giving, and yet they are constantly being deceptive. And here's something even more common. You may have low self-worth, which prevents you from believing that your honesty could in itself be a gift. In the next few chapters, we're going to explore the value of giving and how it relates to honesty. If you can learn to see the truth as a gift, it becomes a lot easier to be honest. But before we can genuinely give, we must face the dark truth about our desire to take. The Illusion of Altruism There is an illusion pervading our society that defies logic. The idea that it is possible to be altruistic, to give selflessly with no self-serving agenda or intention whatsoever, without receiving any personal reward of any kind. There will of course be different understandings and definitions of this word, but essentially most would agree that altruism describes an act of giving without receiving anything in return, a kind of self-sacrifice. People-pleasers in particular love to see themselves as altruistic, and use this term to disguise controlling behaviours as self-sacrifice. Take, for example, the overbearing mother who prides herself in giving up my social life in order to spend more time with my children a behaviour that her children secretly resent because her love is smothering them, and is really driven by an insecure desire to always keep an eye on them, to be seen by others as caring and loving, and to ensure that their behaviour makes her feel good about herself. 
Putting it bluntly, altruism, as defined above, is impossible. Everything you do can be traced back to a self-serving motive, with the one possible exception of knowingly sacrificing your life to save another person, yet even this can be questioned. For example, you're probably doing it to be remembered as a good person. The human brain is hardwired with a reward and punishment system. Everything we do has a personal reason attached to it, even if that reason is not obvious or rational. Altruism is often the banner under which many people commit acts of dishonesty. Sometimes that reason is for the greater good, but even this is about being recognized as someone who contributed, so ultimately it's at least partly self-serving. You're no different. Nearly everything you do is essentially decided subconsciously, and you backwards rationalize it to yourself. You do something that benefits you, but then you're immediately hit with guilt caused by socially conditioned shame to not be selfish. So you tell yourself that your actions were only beneficial to someone else. You construct a narrative for yourself as to why you chose to do it, a story that transforms the action from self-serving into altruistic giving. It's in the storytelling through which we attempt to change an action from being selfish to selfless. There's no shame in this, we all do it. Yet why we have decided as a society that we must pretend that we aren't self-serving is a mystery to me. It's through being self-serving that we adapt for the good of the species. When you become shameless about your motives, you will be ready to truly give with honesty. Honesty is primarily self-serving, but everyone else benefits as well. You don't need to lose so that others may win, and others don't need to suffer for your gain either. Honesty is like sunlight. It gives to all without losing anything for itself. It just spreads the truth around for everyone to use. Dishonesty is more like a black hole, sucking in everything and never allowing any value to escape. It takes and takes and takes until there's nothing left. Even the dishonest person benefits only temporarily, and after the high of winning subsides, there is only the gnawing neediness and loneliness that the dishonest person spends most of their time experiencing. Odds are that you've been programmed to believe that doing a good deed comes with the condition that other people must benefit more than you do. It would be rare for you to receive praise and recognition for doing something which appears to only serve you, for example giving honest feedback that hurts someone's feelings. No doubt you've had moments where you've sacrificed your integrity and enjoyment of life to help another person, and then had an authority figure validate you for this altruistic act. We often get rewarded for selfless dishonesty, like pretending there's a Santa Claus to give children a sense of wonder. However, giving to get. Underneath it all is your needy desire to get recognition and approval. You don't really tell the kids about Santa Claus to give them a sense of wonder, at least that's not the only reason. You primarily do it in order to control their behaviour, fit in with the other parents in your local culture, and to be seen by others as a good, normal parent. These are all benefits to you. And the cost? Once your kid finds out there is no Santa, he will learn that you are capable of deliberately lying to him. Also, if he's one of the last kids to find out, he'll be humiliated by his peers. He may never fully trust you again. But that's okay as long as you fit in with the other parents, right? In a 2009 study, parents reported lying to their children and considered doing so to be acceptable, even though they also reported teaching their children that lying is unacceptable. So which principle would truly serve your children most? Santa or honesty? Because it's hypocritical and confusing to teach them both. 
If you believe that giving to your children means teaching them to be honest, then the Santa Claus fiction can't be for them. It must primarily be for you. Giving to get is when you use what looks like generosity and altruism as a tactic to extract a reward for yourself. You give in the same way a bank gives a loan, to be returned with interest. It's giving for a profit. It often flies under the radar because people are hesitant to challenge a person who appears to be giving, lest they be judged themselves. I find that most people use one of two giving-to-get strategies, sometimes both, and thus become approval seekers and self-sacrificers. First, there are those who thrive on recognition and approval. They resent you when you don't give them positive feedback and appreciation for their acts of kindness, which may take the form of helping, entertaining, listening, advising, material gifts, and unsolicited support, for example cooking a meal you didn't ask for. Each act of giving is essentially a loan. You must pay them back or you'll be considered as ungrateful and entitled. They live in a universe where everyone is keeping score and the balance sheet must even out at the end of the day. Their giving is merely a strategy to get positive responses. They would find giving anonymously to be uncomfortable and would argue that giving to someone who does not show appreciation is pointless. And then there are the self-sacrifices, people who are uncomfortable receiving recognition and appreciation for their kindness, yet they are still not altruistic. These are the people who quietly bear the burden of extra work, unfair treatment, and waiting until last to choose their portion. They feel threatened by positive responses, like gratitude and compliments, because subconsciously they believe that if they feel rewarded for giving, then it didn't really count. Giving must hurt to be considered good. These people prefer a more indirect karma system, the belief that life will generally treat them well and give them what they want if they sacrifice themselves in order to benefit others. They're still doing it for a reward, they're just willing to wait a little longer to receive it. Or, in some cases, they believe that they don't deserve a reward and punishment makes them comfortable. Confidently honest people, true givers, are a separate category again because they don't need to receive anything at all. They give simply because it's intrinsically rewarding to give. They have no shame about feeling good for their giving, and that good feeling comes from knowing that they lived by core values aligned with their integrity. You don't have to appreciate their gifts, nor do they have to suffer while giving for it to be worthwhile. They will give you their honesty even if you don't thank them for it, simply because they know that the truth is more helpful than lies, even when it's uncomfortable. I used to be uncomfortable when receiving recognition, even when I was trying to help people. I would get especially uncomfortable with people trying to pay me back for good deeds, even when I believed they should. For example, someone trying to pay for dinner because I paid last time. I came to realize later that this stemmed from my belief that a good deed does not count if I am rewarded for doing it, since then it wouldn't be altruistic. I ended up stuck in a conundrum of desperately seeking approval and validation through helping and entertaining others, which often required me being dishonest, while pushing back on recognition whenever it came up, brushing off any appreciation like, ah, it was no big deal, you'd do the same for me. Many people I meet are also trapped in this hellish loop. They are unable to enjoy their hard work because they feel shame when receiving recognition. They also believe that in order to be a good person, they must suffer. This kind of thinking leads to feeling resentful and entitled to receiving recognition for their goodness. Before you throw this book in the fireplace, or drag it into a virtual trash can, due to outrage, 
After all, I've questioned how giving you are. Let's look honestly at some of the reasons we feel compelled to commit selfless social acts. Let's see if you are truly as altruistic as you would like to believe. Because if altruism isn't really possible, then it's time to ask, what is your motivation for giving? In the next chapter, we'll explore some of the real reasons for your generosity that are hidden behind the story of altruism. Keeping it simple summary. All giving is self-serving. Pretending that it isn't is a lie. Most people sacrifice honesty in order to be seen as giving, rather than using honesty to actually give. There is a difference between truly giving and giving just to get something in return. Key actions. Identify the last few times that you were giving, and ask yourself honestly if there was a hidden motive behind it. What's up people? Look, I'll pause just here for a few seconds to promote my next book, The Naked Truth, using shameless honesty to enhance your confidence, connections, and integrity. Now this book comes out the 1st of December 2020, but if you're listening to this before then, you can pre-order it to get some pretty sweet bonuses, including a question and answer session with me personally about the difficulties being honest. I'm going to quickly read to you from the back cover, because that pretty accurately sums up the book, and then we'll get back to today's podcast episode. It starts with a quote from Donald Robertson, who wrote the foreword for this book. He's the Stoic scholar and the author of How to Think Like a Roman Emperor. He says, In this book, Dan Munro does something that many books on authenticity actually fail to do. He speaks from the heart in his own voice and provides the reader with a living example of the sort of integrity he's advocating. Here's what the back cover says. Most of us are living a lie. We like to think of ourselves as good people, and because of this we come to the conclusion that we must also be honest people, because a good person isn't dishonest, right? And yet, in order to believe this story, we must overlook a few things. Like how we are falsely agreeable with people we're attracted to or intimidated by. Like how we pretend to feel positive emotions so that people don't feel burdened by our darkness. Like how we hold back on speaking our minds to avoid confrontations. Like how we don't call out our family on their bad behavior. And let's face it, how often we straight up lie. For some of us, this has become more than just a habit or a reaction to difficult social situations. It's become a lifestyle. We create a persona, a performance, that was originally designed to prevent rejection, embarrassment, and conflict, but has since become an ongoing act that we automatically play out without even thinking about it. What's wrong with that? Everything. After more than 10 years spent coaching people on how to become more honest and confident by living with integrity, I've come to realize that dishonesty is at the heart of nearly all our suffering. It's the reason you lie awake with anxiety. It's the reason there's so much conflict in your relationships. It's the reason your friendships are superficial, your job is unsatisfying, and your self-worth is declining. Why? Because dishonesty is the cause of shame. In this book, you will be challenged on everything you believe about yourself and how honest you really are. You will be shown the connection between your dishonesty and your suffering. But most importantly, you will be shown how to safely increase your honesty until you can become bold, assertive, responsible, and yet still kind, without pretending to be something you're not.
So that gives you a little taste of what to expect in the book. There's a link below wherever this episode is posted if you want to pre-order or order the book after the 1st of December. Or you can email me dan at brojo.org for more information. Now let's get back to today's podcast. The Secret Intentions Behind Our Giving I can't tell you the key to success, but the key to failure is trying to please everyone. That's a quote from Ed Sheeran. Validation One of the most common motives for giving is the rewarding sensation of being validated, getting external recognition for being a good person. This drives us to favour actions that get social approval, even if this leads us away from honest expression. Altruistic acts are seen as those that are most often rewarded with happy reactions, popularity, respect and recognition, since it is generally believed that an altruistic person is a good person, and we interpret these responses as confirmation of goodness. Experienced managers know that if you want to motivate your team members, one of the simplest things you can do is give them validation for behaviour you want them to repeat. If you dangle the carrot of potential approval in front of them, people will chase it like a hound on a scent. Ever since childhood, many of us have been chasing that sweet, sweet confirmation that everyone else thinks we are worthwhile. It fills the not-good-enough hole for a few precious seconds, and so we hunt out those rare moments of relief from self-doubt like hungry truffle pigs. Before too long, we become so obsessed with feeling good that we lose track of what it means to actually be good. Often, people will seek validation for their altruistic deed before they even do it, in order to confirm their assumption that they are a good person, like telling people that you're planning to donate money so you get appreciation for merely considering it. This is another form of the green light syndrome we discussed earlier in this book. Some people are incapable of deciding for themselves what classifies as good, And so they test the waters by humble bragging about possible future altruistic deeds to see if it gets a good reaction. They then often don't even go through with it, having already been amply rewarded for just talking about possibly doing it. If you feel reluctant to commit an altruistic act anonymously, then you are probably attached to validation. Requiring a guarantee of external approval before you are bothered to give. Think of birthday presents. Why do we insist on putting our name on the card? Why is it so important that the receiver knows from whom the gift came? They would enjoy the gift without that knowledge. In fact, the mystery would likely heighten their enjoyment. Whom is that card really serving? If you cannot give without putting your name on the card, so to speak, then it's not really giving freely, but giving to get validation through appreciation. People-pleasers' acts of giving are mostly motivated by receiving validation and or avoiding invalidation, in other words, criticism and dislike. Nearly everything they do is carefully chosen based on the calculated likelihood of receiving a positive response. It is almost impossible for a dedicated people-pleaser to give anonymously or to do what's right even if it will be unpopular. I'm sure most of us have been guilty of giving only because we knew others would approve of it, without a more meaningful search into whether it was the right thing to do, or whether we were genuinely motivated to do it. Nice guys, for example, love to play the pseudo-therapist role. Almost every girl they are friends with will come to them for advice, a sympathetic ear, and a shoulder to cry on. 
Nice guys will sacrifice hours of their time, other opportunities to socialise, and things they wanted to do just for themselves in order to play the counsellor. They will tell themselves that they are the heroes, the only good guys out there who are willing to sacrifice themselves in order to protect others. It is all complete bullshit. In reality, nice guys bathe in the validation from these counselling sessions. They get the compliments and attention they so desperately crave, and through repeating this pattern, their toxic attachment to validation grows into a monster. They can successfully lie to themselves about their own motives, which is terrifying as a concept. What are you currently lying to yourself about? It's almost impossible to know. It keeps them trapped in a pattern that slowly deteriorates their self-worth by making them dependent on approval from others. Nice guy giving is dishonest because they lie to themselves about the intentions behind it. It isn't giving, it's extorting validation. In the past, the reliability of the help I was giving was pretty questionable because I was subtly influenced by my need to seek validation. I secretly desired most of the girls I counselled, so any advice I gave would likely have been skewed towards making them like me more, rather than serving their best interests. I was scared away from being brutally honest because it might potentially damage the relationship I had with them. This caused me to stray away from the truth as I saw it, and instead I would often condone their self-sabotaging behaviours. I wouldn't encourage them to solve their problems without me, which would have served them far more powerfully in the longer term, because I wanted to remain the hero they needed to rescue them. Which brings us nicely to the next unhealthy motive that we lie to ourselves about when we're telling ourselves that we are selfless. Avoiding rejection. Validation is a measurement of sorts, a kind of barometer. It tells us how likely we are to avoid rejection and total abandonment in the near future. If a lot of people validate your behaviour consistently, you'll start to assume that your social security is guaranteed, and this allows you to get some relief from the pressure of trying to avoid ostracism. Often, when people are engaging in acts of giving, they are simply trying to score social status points, and so have no issue with being dishonest in their giving. Most of us view kindness as an investment in being liked. We're pushing the likelihood of rejection further away with every good deed. One reason we shy away from putting our own needs first, by being honest rather than pleasing, is because self-service seems likely to lead to rejection. People often judge any act of self-service as no different to being selfish. We associate self-centeredness with harm to others and unfairness in general. You will tell yourself stories about how taking care of yourself is somehow bad, and conversely that if you are suffering it's probably good for the rest of the population. But in reality, most of us are just trying to be liked and not be disliked. That's it. And deep down, we know it. Ironically, your fake point-scoring kindness is about as selfish as an act can get. If we develop and nurture a long-term identity of good guy or good girl with our peers, we feel delusional safety about our existence. We feel certain that if we can just get enough likes on the board, then we will have a secure social future. No wonder social media thrives on the thumbs-up rating system. This is a precise symbol of what most of us secretly crave. Unfortunately, this plan to get likes by withholding honesty is massively flawed. Being nice doesn't score you points quite as well as you might think, and you probably already know this. Just take a minute to stop and reflect. 
How well is being falsely nice working for you, really? How deep are your connections? How strong is your self-confidence? How satisfying is your life? Often, in our needy attempts to get approval, we steamroll our altruism and giving into someone's life, whether they want it or not. The most obvious and common form of this is giving unsolicited help and advice, which is one of the most repulsive social behaviours you can engage in. Insisting on helping and giving unsolicited advice. When we offer our support without being asked, we step into the realm of helping without permission. Think of the last time you gave someone assistance that they hadn't specifically and directly asked for. Are you sure they wanted it? Why? Because they appeared to be struggling? Are you sure they didn't enjoy the challenge of being independent? Or was it because they thanked you afterward? Are you sure they weren't just being polite? Just because you think you're being helpful doesn't make it true. You yourself have often received unwanted help or advice and pretended to appreciate it, right? People will try to show gratitude for help even when it's unwanted because we think we're supposed to appreciate any assistance. It becomes extremely difficult to know when to stop. There's an experiment I often do with clients based on something I learned from Dr. Robert Glover's book, No More Mr. Nice Guy. I challenge them to offer no help, advice, or assistance of any kind for an entire month. Most people squirm even at the thought of being this unhelpful and selfish. Yet when they try the experiment, they all notice the same result. Nobody cares. Everyone in their life who is healthy and relatively confident doesn't need their help or advice, and are actually relieved when they take the pressure off by no longer forcing their way onto others. The only people who end up complaining are invariably needy users and abusers. Giving advice that no one asked for is nothing short of being judgmental. In giving unsolicited advice, you have made a massively judgmental assumption that A. You know how this person should live better than they do. B. What they're doing is not what they really want to do. And C. They are incapable of solving their issues on their own. Imagine if all these assumptions are wrong. How could giving advice be altruistic if the other person did not want it enough to request it? Who benefits then? Only you. Why was it so hard for you to ask permission before giving advice, and to accept no thanks, I got this, for an answer? If you feel resistant about asking permission before giving help or advice, or if you feel like you are avoiding expressing the harsh truth when giving advice, because you're worried that the relationship will be damaged, then you are being truly selfish. You're allowing your neediness for approval to override the values of respect and honesty. If you truly want to help people, you will not move forward until they give explicit permission for you to help, you will listen to their guidance on how they want you to help, and you will be willing to lose them forever if brutal honesty is what is most likely to help them in the longer term. Before we go on, take a second to notice that I have not said that any of this is wrong. There is nothing wrong with seeking validation and avoiding rejection. Some studies argue that this is the very reason for your existence. Neuroticism disguised as altruism probably kept your ancestors alive. So instead of debating right versus wrong, allow yourself to explore whether you're being honest with yourself about your motives, and ask yourself if these motives are the most helpful ones available to create the life you want for yourself. There may be a better way to help people. Control Freak
Ultimately, giving to get is about control. We are raised by the schooling system to believe that we can control other people and other external results. Therefore, with the right giving strategies, we can guarantee our social success. Subconsciously, most giving is an attempt to control another person so you can get an outcome. It acts as an investment towards a result that you believe you deserve. If you make them appreciate you, you will reap social rewards. It is a weapon more than a gift. We give to get recognition, validation and approval, often resorting to dishonesty in the process. Why? Because then we can control our social outcomes. Or so we think. We believe that if we can give enough to make people like us and agree with us, then we can create a social environment where we feel in control, comfortable and safe. This seems like a cause worthy of sacrificing our integrity. Unfortunately, this is a completely inaccurate assumption, one that can have increasingly painful consequences. Take a second to think about this. Is any social status guaranteed long term? Has there ever been a famous person who hasn't eventually fallen out of favour with the masses? We fear being out of control because of all the potential harm it could lead to, yet we rarely stop to examine the harm taking place right in front of our eyes every single day from being controlling and dishonest. Every day you can clearly see unreasonable expectations, disappointment and validation seeking that is making people miserable. Not to mention all the minor yet unenjoyable experiences, like wading through small talk, straining through false positivity, and struggling to express gratitude for help that was forced down your throat. These are all consequences of an inaccurate belief that people, outcomes, can be controlled by giving. We trust that people will remember and appreciate our good deeds, and we expect them to reciprocate, so we're constantly disappointed when this doesn't happen. We cause our own misery by refusing to accept reality. We get so lost in our point-seeking system of giving to get that we completely lose track of what we really want. We help others who don't even want it when we'd prefer to be doing something else, as would they. And for those of us who genuinely enjoy being helpful, our dishonest, cowardly strategies cause us to miss out on the opportunity to make a significant difference, the kind that can only come from being boldly honest. There is no scoreboard. No matter how good you are to others, there is no scoreboard. No one is tracking your goodness for future reward. The present moment is all that matters. People are constantly updating their risk assessments because we're biased towards pain avoidance, which is probably why your partner remembers every mistake you've ever made, yet seems to forget all the great things you've done for them. Well, the truth is that they didn't ask for half of those things, and even if they did, you're only as good as your last action. Read that again. There is no scoreboard. You cannot control outcomes, but you have been tricked into thinking you can, through rare moments of coincidental rewards. Sometimes you do appear to control things, or you temporarily influence people with dishonesty, and this is the evidence your biased mind uses to conclude that you should be able to control all things all the time. I hate to be the one to break it to you, but just because you won one race doesn't mean you'll win them all. You can be the most controlling through giving person in the world and still end up with no appreciation. Then what? It's just you alone, without even integrity to fall back on. And if you're giving just to control and win outcomes, then you're not really giving at all. You're manipulating.
So, what should I do instead? All of this revolves around a central theme. Most of us give to get something external. This traps you in a process that requires constant dishonesty, leading to an exhausting maintenance of your deceptions. The enjoyment of external recognition doesn't last very long, and you'll need another hit within a few minutes or hours of receiving the previous one. You're like a drug addict, focused only on the drug of validation, chasing a repeat of that first high. And all addicts will tell you that you will never get that first high back again. I'm not trying to depress you or remove the reasons for giving, or even for living. I'm trying to introduce you to a much healthier way to give and live. Instead of giving someone a birthday present so that they'll thank you for your kindness and thoughtfulness, validation, you can learn to give for the sheer joy of being thoughtful and generous, genuinely self-serving. You can learn how to receive validation from yourself for through the very act of giving. Imagine a world where you don't need other people to confirm that you're doing the right thing. Wouldn't that be nice? By chasing the high of external validation, you are set on a path that will always, always, always end in misery. No one has ever received approval for their entire life consistently, without exception. No one. You will not be the first person to achieve this. It's only a matter of time before you get rejected harshly by someone you love or from whom you yearn for approval, despite all the good you've done. Hanging on to this giving-to-get system means you're just waiting to be crushed by the inevitable. And it also means you're basically being a manipulative, selfish jerk a lot of the time. Have hope. There is another way of doing things. There is a way of validating yourself and creating satisfaction with who you are without needing a pat on the back from another person. When you learn to understand that honesty can be your way of giving and participating in the world, you will realize that honesty will give you purpose and meaning in and of itself. If I'm working with someone who is suffering from depression or anxiety to the point where they cannot find a purpose to exist at all, I guide them towards giving freely without expecting anything in return. This is a great starting point for anyone who feels off track and out of place. In the next few chapters, we're going to explore this new, healthier way of giving. Keeping it simple summary. Most people use giving to gain approval, create a social debt, and control other people. Others use it as a measurement system for testing whether they are a good person in other people's eyes. Neither approach is helpful for building confidence. If no one has asked for your help or advice, then it is not an act of giving. Chasing external validation is a one-way road to misery. Honesty itself can be a gift, which gives the truth to others while validating yourself. Everyone wins. Key actions. Stop all forms of giving and helping for the next week, just to reset yourself and become aware of your hidden motives. Giving freely. A gift consists not in what is done or given, but in the intention of the giver or doer. That's a quote from Lucius Seneca. Definitions. Before we dive into the somewhat complicated concept of why honesty is always a way to give value to the world, it's important that I first lay the groundwork with some definitions, as I'll be using words for which you probably already have your own interpretation. Giving is a word I'll use to describe any act that provides value to anyone involved, something that increases one's quality of life, internally, externally, or both. 
Giving makes things better for everyone, while taking usually makes things worse for at least one of the parties involved. Morals are personal judgments about what is good and bad. This is different to values, which are the core intentions behind your behaviour and decisions. For example, I might have a value of courage, but believing that it's good for everyone to face their fears is a moral opinion. Values are your own personal guidance tools, while morals are judgments you have about how everyone ought to be. Giving is about honesty, not morals. Before you jump to conclusions, when I talk about giving and its connection to honesty, please understand that this has almost nothing to do with my own moral viewpoint. While I do believe it's good to be giving and honest, that's not why I'm advocating for it here. It does so happen that many commonly accepted moral viewpoints align with the concept of giving, but that's nothing more than a correlation when it comes to discussing the benefits of giving in these chapters. Simply put, in this book, giving is not about being morally good, it's about an effective way of being honest for your own increased self-confidence. This chapter is not going to tell you to be a more giving person as a way of meeting the approval of society. No, we're going deeper. To understand how being more given can heal many of the toxic, leech-like mental malfunctions that you are currently burdened by. We're going to look at how being honest is a gift of truth that you give to the world, and how dishonesty is the withholding of that gift. We're going to explore how giving and honesty work together, as well as how neediness and dishonesty work together. Many people used gift-giving as a tactic to avoid being more honestly intimate, vulnerable, or confrontational. People who struggle to say, I love you, may instead give flowers or pay for dinner, preferring a more indirect, emotionally safer means of expression. Many cultures place more worth on giving materialistic gifts or superficial recognition than being honest and straightforward as a form of giving. While material gifts are not bad in any objective way, this chapter is about recognizing when being honest would be a gift of even higher worth. Which is better for confidence and connections? A bouquet of roses or a heartfelt expression of love? A substantial pay rise or helpfully critical feedback that enhances your long-term growth and development? A compliment on someone's new car or recognition of their bravery? Honesty is the gift of your truth. It provides people with a unique, in-the-moment view that gives them the most accurate possible information with which to make their decisions. Honesty is the gift of vulnerability. It allows people to see who you really are. It helps one feel resonance and connection with another human being. Honesty is the gift of feedback. It shows people another perspective that can help them solve the pain caused by a lack of self-awareness. Honesty is the gift of respect. It gives people a chance to take responsibility for their lives rather than to be manipulated and maneuvered against their will. In this chapter, we will be exploring three claims. 1. Honesty is giving, both to the speaker and the receiver. 2. For honesty to be a gift, it must be freely given and not come with hidden expectations of a reward. And 3. Honesty is a gift that's more valuable than superficial or material rewards. If we can enjoy being alive simply through being honest, then we have total power over our enjoyment of life. But just how the hell do we give freely without needing anything in return? How do we avoid the enticing lure of external validation? How do we give in a way where the giver is enriched without needing reciprocation or any return on their investment? 
How do we make honesty a reward unto itself? Honesty is your unique gift. Building self-confidence and loving connections is all about making the act of giving an honest expression of yourself. Rather than thinking of giving as something valuable that leaves you and goes over to another, a resource changing hands, we need to think of it as a projection of who you are broadcasted out into the world. As many philosophers say, it's like being the sun, beaming out light and warmth to the benefit of others without losing anything itself. Ironically, it will feel like you must first believe in your worthiness before you can see honest self-expression as giving, yet it's through increasing your honesty that you'll start to believe in your worth. When you show what you really think, feel, want and believe, you'll validate yourself because shame only occurs from hiding. Self-validation is confidence. You are completely unique. Your genetics, combined with a lifetime of social influences, ensure that there is no one else out there quite like you. You are a new mutation, and the best thing you can do for the human race is to be that unique individual, to affect the species and improve it through your one-of-a-kind influence. Whatever it is that you are, no one else can provide it to the world. When you pretend to be something you're not, you deprive the world of that gift. If you have low self-worth, you'll find it hard to believe that being yourself, in other words being honest, is beneficial to others, but that is a miscalculation on your part. The most powerful learning experience I've ever had about the power of giving freely, sharing an honest expression to provide value without expecting anything in return, was when I was interviewed for the Art of Charm podcast with Jordan Harbinger. This interview provoked the largest positive response I'd ever received from a single piece of content, showing that what I had said had been hugely valuable to others. Yet I had no awareness of this during the interview. I was not focused on giving advice, getting clients, or even helping others. All I tried to focus on throughout the interview was being honest, and I found the conversation thoroughly enjoyable on its own. The response I later received showed me that being honest can be hugely valuable to others and rewarding to myself without me trying to get anything or even trying to be of service. Let's now have a deeper look into the different ways that you can practically apply being honest as an act of giving. Keeping it simple summary. Giving means to provide value. If you expect something in return from the receiver, then you're not really giving, you're loaning. Giving freely means to provide value without expectation of return. Combining this with honesty is the recipe for high self-worth. Honesty is a gift because it is unique. Only you can be you. Pretending to be someone else deprives the world of that gift. You won't believe honesty is valuable until after you practice being powerfully honest for a sustained period. Key Actions Make a list recalling all the times that you being honest benefited someone else. For example, helpful feedback, sharing loving feelings, or allowing someone to feel less lonely by revealing your own insecurities. Alrighty everyone, thank you so much for listening, that's a little taste of what's to come in the book. Don't forget to get your pre-orders in, there's a link below, and I'll see you all next time. Cheers. This is Brojo Online. Masculinity, confidence, and integrity.